This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. So, guess what? I mean, you know Ken, but listeners, guess what? Ken and I are not gazing lovingly into each other's eyes like we always do every time we podcast, right, Ken? <laughs> right. That's exactly correct. Gazing lovingly into each other's eyes. <laughs> We're actually hundreds of miles away right now for the very first time. We are not recording our intro in the same room together. I am in Chicago and Ken is in. I am in Ohio. I am with my girlfriend, Lily, and I'm helping take care of her after she had a knee surgery. And I'm playing Nurse Ken for her. And I made her, uh, my. you know what, I actually made her one of the things that you like a lot, Sonny, the burritos that are Indian-Mexican fusion. Ooh. So I made shrimp and lobster uh, masala burritos last night for dinner. Ooh, that sounds good. And you know what, when you said Nurse Ken, I got a very brief mental image of you in one of those old-fashioned nurse outfits with a little bit of lipstick on trying to walk in some high heels. And it made me a little human in my pants. Do you want me to play Nurse Ken for you? Yes, I do. If you give me the nurse outfit, I'll wear it i'll put on lipstick a nurse's hat i'll do everything you want seriously why wouldn't i I love you oh my god i love you too thank you nurse ken yeah because nurses are yelly they automatically are top so that's amazing oh shit (laughs) (laughs) well if you want me to wear a nurse outfit and be submissive that's two different things all right all right but it's weird doing the podcast and not being in the exact same room with you it is weird so hi everyone i'm ken melvoin berg and I'm Sunny Megatron, hundreds of miles away from my husband, who's going to dress as a nurse for me, and I'm kind of excited. And welcome to episode 39 of American <laughs> Sex Podcast. Woohoo! This week was a busy one in the news. So Bill Cosby was found guilty of sexual assault. North and South Korea, they're friends again. Go figure. But there was also a horrible tragedy in Toronto. There was a man this past week who plowed a van into a crowd on Yonge Street in downtown Toronto, killing 10 people and wounding 15 others. His motive for this heinous act, he was a member of incel. Incel is relatively new, and it's new into our language, and it's a concept that's just entering into the common lexicon. What does it stand for? It actually means involuntary celibate. Incels are misogynists that blame women for their lack of sex. And more rightfully put, they blame women for denying these men their supposed right to have sex with them. And yes, these are men that think they are entitled to sex, and if they aren't getting any, they are blaming the women that they're not having sex with for not having sex with them whenever the incel desires. I know that's a little bit confusing, but they're basically kind of intimating that rape is okay and that they use this as a tool of intimidation and terror. 
The incel subculture, because it is an entire subculture, grew out of the pickup artist community. Now, the pickup artist community is skeezy enough by itself, but this takes it to a whole new level. Incel starts congregating and growing rapidly on websites like Reddit and Fortune. It's almost exclusively an internet phenomenon. Incel advocates mass violence and sexual assault against women. They refer to the men who are successful with women as chads and the women that they date as Stacys. Their aim is to annihilate all of the chads and Stacys. And this is where Elliot Roger comes in. You remember him. He shot and killed six people in California a few years back and then killed himself. Now, Elliot Roger is like a god to the guys in the incel community. He is literally like their Jesus. Roger ended up leaving behind a manifesto and a number of YouTube videos where he talked about an incel rebellion, about having some sort of organized incel uprising, how they would get retribution from the women that didn't want to fuck them. You know, for him, it was the women that he deemed responsible for his loneliness, his virginity, and the fact that he's never been kissed at 25 years old. You see, incels completely view women as objects that owe them sex. Not having a girlfriend isn't ever just a product of circumstance, right? Just a thing. Or maybe it's not a product of the fact that no one wants to fuck them because they treat women like shit. Nobody wants to date anyone like that. So if you're thinking, oh my God, holy shit, these incels sound horrible, but thank goodness they are just a small fringe group. Mm -mm. Think again. So the incel message board on Reddit, it's now been closed. It was closed for hate speech last fall. But before it was shut down, it had over 40,000 members, 40,000 members. These guys aren't just misogynist. They are notoriously racist and they widely consider themselves to be a part of the alt right. So over the last few days, I've been hearing people, mainly men, react to this incel information with sentiments of, you know, oh, wow, I can't believe these people are just popping up all of a sudden. Where did they come from? You know, what in the world has changed to the point where it has created men so miserable and so violent that they would do things like this? And I am, first of all, really glad to hear that men are learning about these awful types of subcultures and know that this stuff is out there. But big newsflash, these types of violent misogynistic men that view women as disposable objects out to be teases that only exist to make, you know, quote, beta men like them miserable. These are not new people. Women have always known that there are men like this out there, and there are a lot of them. We just didn't really have a name for them before this. So this is my appeal to the men in our lives, the good men in our lives, not the incel men. When you tell us to, you know, lighten up about our safety or you ask, you know, why are you so paranoid looking over your shoulder all the time? Why are you afraid when you're dating new men that they might turn out to be weirdos or do bad things? This is exactly why. We know these men have always existed. We've always known this. And the only difference is now, well, we've got a name for them and they're organizing. They've given themselves a new language, created their own twisted culture. They've appointed gods like mass murderer Elliot Roger. They're writing manifestos and they are escalating to committing repeated acts of organized mass violence. So why are we telling you all of this? Well, first and foremost, that incel is a terrorist organization. It flat out is. Their primary goal is first and foremost to spread terror 
through rape, and through murder. This whole incel thing has blindsided the entire world, and we're all playing catch-up. We can't fight this very dangerous form of misogyny unless we know about it. In the show notes at americansexpodcast.com, we're going to give you a few links for further reading, a couple that are notable and that we highly encourage, wehuntedthemammoth.com. It has been tracking this community and its rapid growth during the rise of Donald Trump and has some incredibly eye-opening and disturbing information, as does the Incel Tears subreddit on reddit.com. Sorry to be a bummer right out of the gate with episode 39, but this is something, like Ken said, we all need to talk about so we can fight against. Yeah, really serious, like sobering, warm welcome for new listeners, new listeners, I promise. Like, normally we're more funny. Like, we're funny, right, Ken? Uh-huh. We're, we're totally funny. Right? We're not, yeah, today we we're might hilarious. seem like ranting assholes, but like, we're, we're upset and we're angry and we want people to know about this. So Exactly. Like, and, and at those times, it's appropriate to talk about it. We do. So if you've listened to us since episode one and you're like, new listeners, what are you talking about? I've always been here. Me and Ken were on Dan Savage's Savage Love podcast last week talking about BDSM and holy download numbers, Batman. Apparently, y'all liked what you heard because you came over here to listen to American Sex Podcast. So new friends, we're very happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in. And it's perfect timing because you liked us because you heard us talking about some freaky shit on Dan Savage. And our last episode here on American Sex was about urethral sounding. And this episode, we talk with someone who has a very, very, very unusual fetish. In this episode, we talk to 43-year-old fetish artist, Big Rubber Dragon. He has a very unique fetish that involves taking pleasure from smashing plates. Yes, you heard that right. He smashes broken dishes, cups, and saucers, any kind of china, and the sound alone is enough to put him into a high state of arousal. Okay, Ken, listen to this. Listeners, if you can't visualize what we're talking about, I got a great sound effect. Bam! Perfect. So if Rubber Dragon's listening, maybe he enjoyed that. You know what I have to say about that? Smashing. (laughs) Why haven't we made that joke before? Now we're slipping, Ken. I know. We're going to know are slipping. So since we're talking about fetishes this week, I went and dug up my list of unusual fetishes that are identified by acronym. I freaking love this list. And I'm wondering, like, is that a fetish? Right? I only get turned on by sexual acts that are acronyms. Like, Ken, we're going to have a romantic evening. And will you take me into your arms and have PIV intercourse with me? Does that turn you on? Yeah, baby. I love that. You know the you know the one sexual acronym that President Trump hates, FBI. Oh, oh, oh bad. That's bad. Uh, by, by the way, we love the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I have to say, not only have I been a fan about shows of the FBI for a long time, they're swell people. I really like them. <laughs> Go FBI. FBI, Team FBI, yeah. all the way. I'm Team FBI. So this list, I originally got it together when I was a guest on Dr. Jess O'Reilly's podcast called Sex with Dr. Jess, and I got so obsessed with these fetish acronyms that I kept adding more. Even after I recorded the podcast, every time I heard a new one or popped into my head, I put it onto this list. So I'm going to start off with an easy one. Y'all should know this one. It's BDSM, right? Bondage and discipline, dominance and submission and sadomasochism. And don't worry. The whole list isn't this boring or this easy. Not that VDSM is boring because it certainly isn't, but I guess it's an acronym. It's like, man, we've heard that. So what's another one, Ken? Uh, My favorite, of course, is CBT, which stands for a chicken, bacon, tomato sandwich. No, I'm kidding. It's cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm kidding again. 
it's cock and ball torture, or alternatively, cock and ball torment. This is everything from stretching your balls, wrapping them up in funny shapes, putting strings, rope, or little bits of leather about it, or sticking needles into the cock and the balls. And I also have a YouTube video about CBT. I actually did it as a Snapchat story and then put it onto YouTube. So I'll put the link in the show notes. And the next acronym I also have a YouTube video about. I'll put that link in the show notes too. It's SPH, which stands for small penis humiliation or maybe small penis humiliation. So why do people like this? They do. There are. <laughs> why the whispering? Because Does it make the penis small? small because it's penis. small. Or maybe I could, I could say it like, small penis humiliation. <laughs> so all the guys who are into SPH right now are getting little tiny chubbies. By so, the way, in, in, in the Yiddish language, we have two words, which are very important, that are in uh, common usage that we talk about every day, but a lot of people don't know what they mean. So if you've ever heard the words putz and schmuck before, yeah. putz is a big dick and a schmuck is a little one. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. That's cool. All right. I'm going to use that. So, but real quick, SPH is so not cool if you do it with somebody non-consensually. If you're just like making fun of somebody's size, do not do that. But if you have a consensual partner that's like, I actually get turned on by being humiliated by that, it can be a whole lot of fun. The next one is J-O-I or J-O-E. This is jack off instruction or jack off encouragement. This is when you're either doing mutual masturbation with a partner and they're telling you what to do or you're watching along a video where somebody is giving instruction and you might have a dominatrix on there telling you specific things to do to your genitals. But that's two very interesting and very common fetishes that people have. And the next one on the list kind of can go with that. It's CEI, which is come eating instruction. So let's say I'm giving JOI to somebody. Oh, and by the way, as I'm saying this, don't think I want you to send me your dick pics, whether they're small dicks, because I seriously get small dick pics on Snapchat every day. And they're like, mistress, we humiliate my small little tiny piece because I did the video just because I talk about it educationally does not mean I want to see your dick. Don't send it to me. But you know what? They can send it to me. So my email, you can send it to chicago.ghost at gmail.com. But send me all your small dick pics and I will laugh at your small penis. Deal. Wonderful. Consensually. 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 Yeah. Send me your dick pics. I'm good with it. She's not. Send it to me. I'll laugh. So CEI is come eating instruction, which let's say I'm doing J-O-I and I'm telling you stroke like this, stroke faster. I'll count with me while we stroke. Da, da, da. Again, don't get turned on some of your dick. Warning right now. And then after you come, I say, okay, this is how you're going to eat it for me. And people really get into doing that. So that's CEI. Sony, I would really like to tell you about the next one. But since you're my wife and you are a mistress and obviously superior, I think you need to talk about it. Very good, little piggy. <laughs> <laughs> you almost sounded real there for a second. That was awesome. Go ahead. So the next one is FLR, which stands for female-led relationship. Now, this is often in a heterosexual coupling, but not always. But you often will see a man being the submissive and a woman being the dominant. And not just dominant, but they live their whole lives living under the rules of female supremacy. I could honestly get into living in that world just saying so the next one is daddy dom little girl which the initials there are ddlg again that's daddy dom little girl now this is a form of escapism it's very simple it's for people who crave structured nurturing and want to have a strong authoritative figure controlling their day-to-day life 
And one thing I'd like to add to this, though, is not all daddies have penises, and not all little girls identify as girls. So you just want to make sure that you know that you can use this for whatever your dynamic is, as long as there's one strong nurturing individual and one submissive individual who requires consistency, patience, and a firm hand. Now, this next one often goes with age play as well. ABDL, adult baby diaper lover. These can be people that are into infantilism where they actually play like their babies and they pee in their diaper and all that sort of thing. Or sometimes they're just people that are kind of into wearing diapers that don't act like babies. Right, right, Ken? Right, Ken? Right, Ken? That's right, Sonny. And I think I have a funny story about that that you remember quite fondly. So there was a night that I went out to a burlesque show with my good friend and the best man in my wedding, Mistress Maya Sinstress. And Maya and I decided it was a good idea to bring a little alcohol with us. And we had a some vodka with gummy bears soaked in it. And I am, I am a very much a lightweight when it comes to drinking. And I got completely toasted that night. In fact, I was so toasted during the performance, I actually stopped the burlesque performance, told them they had to wait until I got back from going to the bathroom. It was the one and only time I think I topped an entire audience without actually meaning to. And that was so non-consensual of me, but goddamn, it was sort of funny. Anyways, we got wasted. We went back to Maya's house afterwards, and then we decided that it was going to be uh, a night where crazy things happened. I ended up not remembering much after I got there, Eye of the Tiger came on, and I, I'm going to turn it over to Sonny. Yeah, so Maya calls me on the phone. It's not even after midnight. Like, you guys got going early and got trashed. <laughs> so she calls me, sort of like when you drop off your kid to somebody else's house for a play date, and the mom calls you, and she's like, you know, Ken's had such a good time tonight. He's been so well-behaved, but I think you should come get him now because he's getting to be a little bit of a handful. So I was like, all right, I go over. I pick him up. I walk into the backyard where they're all sitting and he's on the little like lawn furniture sofa wearing a diaper, wearing pantyhose over the diaper with his legs wrapped behind his head because he is that flexible, screaming, pancakes! I want pancakes! And then we made him pee in his diaper because it was funny. And uh, I took him home and he had a really bad hangover the next day. <laughs> I had a terrible hangover. And by the way, the last part of that evening, which I do sort of remember... Uh, was looking at you and out of nowhere denying the existence of marzipan. I thought that it was a made up word, and we weren't even discussing marzipan. Yeah. We were we were having we were a great walking time, down the street like, yelling pancakes. I was yelling yeah. pancakes. She was like, "Yes, Ken, we're going to get you pancakes. Yes, you definitely leave your pantyhose and the diaper on. Just get into the car and let's go do pancakes." And and that was a thing at that point. But the, yeah, I decided that marzipan wasn't a thing out of the blue. It just one of those drunk guy things. We were walking down the street in total silence and you just looked up at me and you went in this like nasty voice, like nasty. You would go, marzipan's not a thing. And you just kept walking. <laughs> I'm and so I was sorry. Like, oh, okay, Ken. So to commemorate that evening, though, Maya bought him a, a leather slapper and had it engraved with the name diaper top because Ken is a dominant and you were still very dominant as you were wearing your diaper and doing pee-pees in it. So you're a diaper top Oh, and, now. and by the way, so the item that she got me was a split thumper and that is available by our good friend Leather by Danny. And we will put a link to his website in the show notes. But the item that I got is actually my single favorite impact play toy ever it's the split thumper leather by danny it'll be in the show notes all right so a couple more cfnm what's that ken 
clothed female, naked male. And by the way, I'm not wearing pants. Next Ooh, one is... It's a CFNM podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total CFNM podcast. Next one is Wham. And I don't mean the band with George Michaels. I mean W-A-M, which is wet and messy. You can take this in our splashing episode in Sex with Sonny Megatron on Showtime. All right. And now A-N-R-A-B-F, which stands for Adult Nursing Relationship or adult breastfeeding. Yeah, that's a thing. Oftentimes it goes along with age play where you know, there's a big bosomed woman. Sometimes she actually really is lactating. Sometimes they're pretending. And then her um, little suckily suckily baby. I, you know what? I'm all about that one. I'm sorry. It's all about big titties, lactating, all that. Oh, is, would, all you, would you wear things. a nurse uniform and diapers and be my suckily suckily baby, Ken? Yes, I would, mommy dearest. <laughs> Wonderful. So listeners, I'm going to leave you with that mental image. And next time you hear a fetish acronym, and you can't for the life of you remember what it stands for. And the only thing that pops into your head is Ken in a nurse uniform wearing a diaper being my sucky sucky baby. All you have to do is come back to episode 39 of American Sex Podcast, and we will be your uh, audio glossary. So here on American Sex Podcast, we love giving things away to our listeners. Our April giveaway was for the Jimmy Jane Halo, sponsored by Castle Megastore. And that ends today. So if you haven't entered yet, get right on it. You can do that at SunnyMegatron.com slash Halo. Now tomorrow, we kick off the new giveaway sponsored by Castle. It's for the Lovence Domi. That's D-O-M-I. The Domi is an all-silicone mini-one massager. And the really cool thing about it, it's smartphone-controlled, either from the same room or from thousands of miles away. What are people saying about the Domi? Despite being half the size of most other competitors, our unique dual rotating head technology enables Domi to be powerful without the size or the cords. Now to enter to win your own, go to SunnyMegatron.com slash Domi. That's D-O-M-I. Giveaway ends June 3rd. You can also get 20% off select items at CastleMegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY. That's S-U-N-N-Y at checkout. Listeners, if you've been with us for a while, you are well aware of my ongoing love affair with the small independent sex toy retailer, PeepShowToys.com. We have got a bunch of great stuff going on with them during the month of May, all of which are going to directly benefit you. So first of all, you got until Thursday, May 3rd to enter to win the Womanizer Satisfier or Sona, your choice. You can do that at SunnyMegatron.com slash giveaway. Now, two questions on the giveaway widget give you a huge number of bonus entries, and they both ask you for a secret word. The first word you're going to get right here, so listen up. This one you have to remember, it is not going to be in the show notes. It is snozberries. Yeah, that's it. Snozberries. The second secret word I reveal in my Womanizer versus Satisfier versus Sona Facebook live stream I did earlier this month. The link to that video is in our show notes, or you can go to my Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash Sunny Megatron, or my Sunny Megatron YouTube channel to watch it. 
Now, speaking of live streams, peepshowtoys.com set me up with a bunch of the latest, most popular, and most affordable bullet vibrators on the market today. I'm going to be doing a compare and compass live stream, similar to my last one, on Facebook on that same Sunny Megatron page, which is facebook.com slash Sunny Megatron. This live stream is going to be on May 10th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Central, so mark those calendars. And I'm going to be kicking off another giveaway for some of those bullets. That giveaway is going to be on Instagram, and you're going to get all the details to that on next week's show. And don't forget, you always get 10% off everything at peepshowtoys.com when you use code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Plus, that discount actually stacks with any other promotion they happen to have going on, too. So if you, That is huge. It is. Are you talking about your penis? <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> but and I'm the bum- deal. Peepshowtoys.com. So if you think that's it, no. I told you Peep Show Toys was awesome, like Ken's dick. <laughs> and this is, yes. And we this is why I'm both. in love with <laughs> Peep Show Toys and Ken's dick. So they're also giving away a little something in the mail to all of our May Patreon supporters. And you're not getting Ken's dick in the mail, May Patreon supporters, because I said it was a little something. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and that costs extra too. Can you mentioned what it be to mail my dick. Oh my good! Imagine licking all sports. those stamps. I don't know. This is turning into some pornography scene. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. We got to get to this. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Don, Hannah, Colin, and Dorian. You joined our Patreon family this past week, so thank you all so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We're officially at 47 Patreon family members. You all get access to the secret stuff in our feed and all of our early episodes, bonus audio, and more. You're also eligible for our periodic surprise mailings in April. You, plus all of our existing Patreon members, plus anyone that joined during the month of April are eligible to receive one of five, not one, not two, but three, but four, but five kick-ass adult prizes in the mail this month. And we give good surprises. Each one are valued at $50 to $200. Now, it did say $150, Sonny, and I know that, but I'm kicking in one $200 present. Are you kidding me? You, we just yep. keep surprising people over nope. and over and over. And by the way, we're recording this on a Friday it's for Monday's episode. If we get to 50 people by Monday, we're actually upping that to six present or six present surprises, whatever the fuck you call. But it's a lot of stuff. So get on in there. That's what she said at the gangbang. Now, Don, Hannah, Colin, and Dorian, during the month of May, you and all of our existing Patreon members and anyone who joins the family in May are going to get your very own jar of the Butters All-Natural Lubricant in the mail. I love the Butters. It's oil-based. It's good for vaginas. It's got gunny and shea butter and grapeseed oil and all sorts of stuff. And it's dual purpose. I put it on my, I was going to say Yahoo, Panini, or whatever. But you know what? We say vulva here on this podcast. We aren't afraid of it. I stick it in my vagina. I'm not afraid of the vulva. Nope. I stick it in my vagina. I stick it on my vulva. But I also put it on my feet and my ashy elbows and the ends of my hair. It's a great moisturizer. I use it on my balls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are jars of it around the house. It's ball moisturizer. It is? Yeah. Your balls have been really soft. Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, this is made possible. Thank you, the butters. (laughs) This is made possible by our sponsors... 
the awesome and amazing Peep Show toys. They are covering the cost of sending them all to you. So here's what you have to do. Make sure when you become a patron, you fill out the field for your mailing address so we know where to send your gift. Also, to be eligible, you'll need to sign up for Peep Show toys email list, which you can do by texting the word Peep Show, all one word, P-E-E-P-S-H-O-W, to the number 345-345. That's it. And then you'll get your very own jar of the butters in the mail in June. So Patreon members, look out for your Patreon email inboxes because I'll send you more information. And thanks again, Peep Show Toys. I am totally in love with you. I would make out with you right now if I could. And if you weren't really an inanimate object because you're a company and maybe I can make out with a logo. I can lick it and <laughs> give it logo a lingus. Would that work? Ken? Yes, that would work. <laughs> you can give them logo a lingus. Yeah. On this, on to this week's interview, though. Now, sometimes on American Sex Podcasts, we talk to experts about their area of specialty, or we talk to people in the public eye, or about their personal journeys of sexuality, gender expression, learning to live authentically, you know, or whatever it happens to be. And sometimes we talk to regular everyday people about what they do behind closed doors. Our guest this week is Big Rubber Dragon. Now, that's not the name his mama gave him, but... Rubber Dragon is doing this interview anonymously, and he's an everyday Joe. He's your next-door neighbor. He's your pal. He's the guy sitting next to you at work. He's the person you chit-chat with in line at the grocery store, or maybe he's you. Looking at him, you'd never guess that he has a very unusual sex fetish. Rubber Dragon lives for breaking plates, wearing a Rubbermaid uniform, and walking on leather sofas with pointy heels. Now, does this sound weird? You're not going to think so after you hear Rubber Dragon's story. Today we have with us Rubber Dragon. Now, Rubber Dragon, uh, you have a very distinct and combined fetish. There's two things that you sort of combine together. Can you tell us a little bit about your fetishes? Sure. I have, well... I, actually, it's a hybrid of three fetishes, but um, one of the main fetish that uh, that's really unusual and unique is I enjoy, I take pleasure from smashing dishes or, you know, the sound of smashing dishes or plates or anything of that nature. It, it's, like, it's a fetish that started when I was like six years old. I was uh, sitting in a classroom with my classmates watching a children's television show. I believe it was The Electric Company, if I remember correctly. Um, anyway, there was a scene where, um, uh, in this bit, a bunch of people barge into this housewife's home and they start, you know, getting rowdy. They're sitting there smashing plates, throwing dishes. They're dancing on the leather couch and, and she's just sitting there. She's frantic. She's running around. She's going, Oh my God, not my china, not my china, my beautiful china. And she's just freaking out and they, they're still carrying on and dishes are flying everywhere and shattering on the floor. And I'm sitting there watching this. And I'm like, you know, I, I couldn't believe there was something inside me. You know, when you're a kid, you don't really, you know, you really can't explain it. I enjoyed what I saw, but I was kind of like, I was sweating. My heart was racing. And, you know, by the end of the video, the housewife starts joining in and she starts smashing plates too. So she just, she was just like, fuck it. And just decided to, you know, do that. But yeah, like I said before, I'm sitting there in a the classroom, hot and bothered on, you know, after what I saw, I'm like looking around, seeing if the other, you know, what the other kids are doing. And it was just like, you know, it was just the start of a whole new thing. And ever since then, uh, you know, whenever you see, you know, movies, television shows or cartoons, anytime there's a scene where there are plates being broken, I, I just, I, 
you know, I take pleasure from it. It's just something that, you know, gets me uh, aroused. So, so I, I know this is a three-part fetish, but I have a million questions just okay. about that one fetish. Yeah, me too. Uh, my okay. my first question, the most pressing question is, how are you at weddings when, you know, they're smashing the dishes and stepping on the glasses and stuff? Well, it, the strange thing is, like, when, when you break glass, it's a distinct sound. So glass doesn't do anything, but plates do. It, oh. it, it's ah. weird how that brain registers that. But, like, plates, it's just like... Oh, if if they're breaking plates at weddings, I'm like, oh my god, it's getting hot in here. I gotta, I gotta step outside or something because <laughs> I just, you know. But um, is it, it a particular type of plate that does it for you, or is it just any kind of like standard plate? Uh, you know, um, mostly regular white plates. You know, you usually do it. Um, sometimes like the more exp, I guess the more expensive, the more. The more expensive the plate, I, I, the more I would, you know, get off on it. I, for some odd reason, if someone's got this nice china cabinet and all these dishes displayed, it just screams at me, break me, break me. It's just like, I just want to like, like take the whole china cabinet and knock it down and smash everything. And it's, it's, you know, even like the sound of like clattering plates, like the clatter, it's like a tease. It's like, you know, I'll be sitting there at a restaurant and I hear the clattering and I'll start sweating. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, you know, very, very, um, it's very arousing. So a lot of fetishists have proper names like such and such Ophelia. Is there a name for your fetish? I don't think so. But um, there are other people I, since the, you know, since I started going on the Internet back in the 90s, I scoured the Internet to see if there was anything, anyone else that was remotely like me. And to my surprise, there are people with that same particular fetish. There was a girl I met online who lives in Canada who used to send me pictures of before and after pictures of, uh, she would send me a stack of, a picture of a stack of plates. And then the next picture that she would send me would be the plates all shattered all over the floor. And she used to tell me that she would, she would just masturbate and, you know, throw the plates while she's masturbating on her bed. Or if she's having sex with someone, she'd smash the plates on the floor. She said she scared away a few of her <laughs> um, <laughs> boyfriends that way. They, they, weren't sure, they weren't sure what to think. But there's clips online. People actually pay to have these custom-made clips where women are stomping on dishes, throwing them at the wall you know, wrecking things. Um, they're all over the place. I, I managed to download a few of them and, and, and you know, and I enjoy that. My girlfriend, uh, Lily actually is incredibly fascinated by this and she might even want to do a scene with you at some point because she's a latex fetishist and she, she's a switch that loves the idea of mm-hmm. smashing plates. Now, do you, and she, she had a couple of questions. One, do you want the plates thrown at you or do you just like to hear them break? No, I, I it's uh I don't want them thrown at me, but um that's an interesting question because the I like I would like I like I don't care if I'm breaking them or another person is breaking them. Even just the sound, like if I hear a, the sound effect of a plate breaking, that's the um that's what triggers it. But I, I do like watching the plate fly against the wall and shatter all over the place. For example, if I was with um well I invented this I kinda invented this thing called plate bondage where if I'm tied to a chair, you know, wearing like a rubber maid's dress or whatever, and a dom is like waving the plates in front of my face and hurling them at the wall where I can't like, you know, pleasure myself or anything. And that would be like the perfect, you know, torture for someone like me because I can't, 
you know, I can't, I can't do anything about it. I'm just sitting here helpless, sweating, and you know, you know, I enjoy it. But it, and then there's another thing that I like to do. Well, back in 2002 is when I started wearing the uh, the rubber maids uniform because I wanted to film this, and I really didn't want to look at myself on video. I wanted to look at the rubber maid character that I created. And I, uh, I found the, uh, the maid's dress. It's a Victorian maid dress. And it's incredible, by the way. That's like, yeah. it's a really detailed, uh, just incredible latex outfit. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was like $800. Holy and cow. And it's heavy rubber. It's not the really thin stuff. So what I did, this is back in 2002 when I actually did the recording. I was still living at home at the time and my parents were out of town. So I went to like Walmart and bought tons and tons of plates i dressed up i dressed up as the maid i put on the outfit and then um just went to town just started throwing the plates on the floor throwing them like frisbees i had a pair of uh, stack boots and i would stomp on them on the ground and uh one of my favorite things that i like to do is there's another fetish clothing company called damask and they make these um they make this uh, outfit called torpedo tits Oh yeah, they're inc- they're an incredible latex company. And are they out of the UK? Uh, I can't remember. I thought it was I thought it was Amsterdam. It might be Amsterdam. You're right. But um, these torpedo tits inflate to a real large size, and I wear it underneath the maid's outfit. And I do this thing where I take cups and saucers and balance them on. <laughs> <my tits. laughs> That's and, awesome. And I would sit there. I'm, I must have held it for like five minutes because um. I'm, Part of that whole plate bondage thing is 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 balancing um, trays of dishes or balancing um, cups and saucers and seeing how long it takes before I finally just throw well, everything up in the air. And- what's your incentive if you want them to break? Aren't you like I hope I drop these really fast? It's it's, it's, it's like it's like the the clattering kind of builds it up. I can mm. feel it's like the clattering builds up the the moment. You know, it's like building up to a climax. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I would I would love to do a scene where we had doms that were chasing you through an obstacle course, sort of like Ninja Warrior style, where you're like having to go up and down things while holding plates. That would and, be a lot and, of fun. And having doms like you know threaten you with single tails as they're going behind you. I just think that would be incredible. Like, would would that something like that fit into your fetish? Oh yeah, definitely. I've actually done a, a live performance as the Rubbermaid character um, years ago, like 2006. Um, I can't remember the name of the nightclub. It was up in Boys Town somewhere where me and a dominatrix performed, but I didn't do any dish smashing because well, obviously safety reasons. But, um, we did a, we did a bit where I was being clumsy and I dropped the tray with drinks and then the mistress punished me on stage and put me in one of those back beds and it, it was fantastic. So, okay. So many questions I have. I think your fetish is awesome. And I also think it's awesome that you are so self-aware and comfortable and you know, like, this is what I want and this is how I am going to go get it. And there's a lot of people out there that also have interesting or different fetishes that feel like they're the only ones in the world and no one will ever understand or maybe there's something wrong with me, that sort of thing. So when you were younger, whether it was when you were a kid or a teenager, did you have a point in your life where you're like, oh no, I'm the only one. This is really weird. Something's wrong with me. Or you were you always really secure and comfortable with it? 
No, when I was in the third grade, I thought I had a, I thought it was a disease or something. Like I had all these, you know, I have a leather fetish, I have a rubber fetish, and this plate breaking fetish. I'm like, there's something wrong with me. I had like like uh, old catalog pictures that I used to, you know, masturbate to of you know women in leather clothes because you know back then there wasn't really much in the latex world. Mm-hmm. But um, I had these pictures, you know, underneath my bed like most young people do, and. I took him out to the garbage one night. I said, I got to stop this. This is, you know, I, there's something wrong with me. So I went to, and I threw him in the garbage. And like three in the morning, I snuck out of the house and fished and fished him out of the garbage can and brought him back in. I'm like, <laughs> but it, it wasn't until like the eighth grade where I accidentally stumbled upon like a fetish, like flyer that was flying in the wind. And I looked at it and it showed like, um, you know, bondage um, videos and like, and people in leather and women wielding like cat of nine tails and stuff like that. And I just looked at it and go, Oh my God, there's other people with those fetishes too. I was so excited. Oh, at that point I just, then I just bragged about it. I was like, I never had a problem telling people that I like it. You know, I, you know, I've had like someone like shame me like years ago, uh-huh. but that, but that's kind of how I started the fetish artwork in the first place, because it's like a big fuck you. I'm, you know, fuck you. I'm doing this anyways. And you're not going to, you know, shame me. And it's, that's that's like, that's, uh, like you're a sexual anarchist. Like it's in your face. Right. Like. Right. And then the, the, the thing about the fetish artwork is I always try to like come up with the most bizarre scenarios as, as possible. Like, with the Rubbermaid thing and the throwing the plates, I added a third thing. I added the leather, the leather standing on the leather couch with the high heels. That's another thing that kind of adds to it as well. Like standing on a couch, like I'm going to poke your upholstery kind of. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be it. Cause I usually like find like, um, like an old leather couch that someone throws away and I, can destroy it and then throw it out again. I wouldn't do it to my own furniture, but I love just the idea of standing on it and watch those heels just poke right through the leather and while I'm smashing dishes. Now this is hard to do because you're trying to balance. Yeah. I, I, I you know, when I climb on there, I'm trying to be very careful because I don't want to break my ankles. Right. But, um, um, I've, I've only done it like two or three times, but I've expressed it many times in a lot of my artwork. Like there's like just oh, I don't know there's like tons tons of pictures of people standing on leather furniture you know whether they're breaking something or they're just standing on it with their heels or something like that and that started um, that started that was another thing that started when I was a kid too because you know we're always told not to do things like right. don't stand on the furniture you know don't make a mess and you know when you're an adult you're like you know fuck it I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. But it's kind of like that because I, I remember specifically um, this girl in my class was standing on a leather couch and the teacher was yelling at her and telling her, you get down from there, you get down from there. And after like the teacher left and the girl got down, when, once the teacher was gone, she got right back on there and started jumping on the couch again. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. 
And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever and i'm listening to you and i'm kind of you're kind of going where my mind was going i was sort of starting in my own head to play like armchair psychologist like where does this come from tell me about your childhood and i'm like (laughs) you know okay smashing plates and the scenario you were telling about on the kids show where it's like oh don't smash my good china it's really bad and then it's like all right fuck it we're all going to be naughty together and just smash the plates and then the same thing with the standing on furniture was it Almost like doing the things that you're not supposed to do, whether it's, you know, your mom who told you not to do it or whoever told you not to do it was kind of like now I'm a either indulging in the taboo or b being rebellious and doing like grown up things like is that kind of maybe the vibe behind it? I don't know. It's, I think it's just like, you know, deep down, I just, you know, enjoyed, I guess, I guess it would be like childhood mischief. Yeah. Or, or, or another thing, it's, it's almost like, um. Another good scenario, it's kind of gluttonous. Like, I always like to be kind of a, a pig for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just sit on the table, um, eating like a slob and licking the plates and hurling behind me and, and, and knocking them off the table and just being a total, like, you know, pig. Right. Uh, that's another scenario that, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think it just has to do with, you know, me just enjoying, you know, cause when I was a kid, I was always trying to be good and, you know, neat and whatever, you know, I secretly just wanted to be bad, I guess. I guess I like being a little bit, you know, bad, but in, in, in a controlled environment, you know, I'm an adult, so now I can, you know, I can't go to a restaurant and flip tables or anything. But <laughs> I, I can, I can, you know, imagine it. I'll actually go around, like if I see stacks of plates on the table, i actually take pictures of it and go, man, I wish I could just like throw all those things on the damn things on the floor. But, <laughs> I, I saw a movie the other the other day, and there's this one scene where this guy just trashes a wedding banquet hall, and I'm like, oh my god, that would be just awesome. That would be if I had a wedding. That's that's what it's going to be. Me, me and the wife are just going to trash the place. Nice, <laughs> nice. So now, question for you, and I guess you know you have found what you like. You indulge in it in a really healthy way, in a consensual way, and you are the gold standard of what we all aim to be in our sexuality. So what advice do you give to the person that's listening right now going, I have this weird fetish and it could be, you know, I like to, I don't even know, like lick, you know, the, the, 
the uh, chair legs or something, you know, something that they think is just the weirdest thing. What advice would you give to them for indulging in their fantasy in a way that makes them happy and not feel ashamed and fulfills what they need to fulfill? I would say don't hide it or um, what I had to do. I don't know. When I was my friends, I, I kind of like just talked about it and they did laugh at me at times, but they, you know, it wasn't like malicious or bullying kind of like, you know, being mean or anything. They just, you know, every time there's a movie and there's a, a domination whip, my friends would turn and look at me and I'd be like, Oh yeah, 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 I get it. But, um, um, another way, um, I would say express it through artwork as well. If you're an artist and you put it on paper or something, or you express yourself one way or another, and get the word out. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. You could find pretty much anything on the internet. And when, when I, I, that's what I did. I, I looked everywhere to see if there was other people like me. And then, you know, I went on message boards and stuff like that. Um, the only thing I, I, I'm, I'm very, very cautious on the internet when it comes to meeting people because you hear all these, you know, these stories of things that, bad that happened to people that met on the internet mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm always just care you know because I've, I've got believe me i've gotten my fair share of dick pics from like <laughs> you too huh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i i get that and then there's like there's one guy that keeps sending me pictures of him with his legs spread open and stuff like that i'm like i didn't ask for that i'm like Aww. i'm like no i i always try to find people like like i know a lot of a uh, you know, professional dominatrixes and, and we, I'm not sure how it started, but I think I'd start talking to one and eventually kind of networked because Chicago used to kind of have a fetish scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember a place called house of wax. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I used to be one of their models. Really? I, so, I modeled for them too. Oh yeah. I, I was in a couple of their catalogs and I used to model for Cindy for IML every year. Oh, I, I still have my, um, the catalog that I modeled for it. I, I still have the picture of that. I was going to say, I thought I recognized the, the outfit from someplace and I was going to ask if it was from House of Wax, but that, that was a Damask outfit that the, the picture that you sent us, wasn't it? Actually, the, 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 or was that particular outfit was from a company in the UK called Sealware, which okay. is out of business now. Um, they made really good outfits. I always take really good care of it because, you know, now that the company's out of business, if I, if I wreck it, that's it. It's gone. Right. Same with House of Wax. They made the most, they had the best parties and had just the most amazing fashion shows. I remember there was one time she rented out a boat and then hired the, the cramps to come and play. I saw both those. And I was at both. Oh, were you really? God, oh, it's a small world. Same, you were at the same, same parties. Party, same yeah. time, same place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's when I was, yeah. That's when I was more active. I, and what I liked about House of Wax was, was there was a, um, let's see, a strict dress code so that, you know, gawkers and like, you know, hateful people don't show up at these things to make fun of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, that's one thing. I mean, I'd like to see that again where like you can go to a safe space without having to worry about, you know, if people are going to come. And make fun of you for your fetishes or, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see that. I mean, you know what? Having a clown fetish, I can absolutely relate to that. People shamed the fuck out of me when I first started doing it. And the, I remember like the first time I did a, a clown scene, it was with my clown circus pony, Micah, who used to work at 99th floor. 
And uh, like there was a guy dressed up in a Nazi outfit telling me how my fetish wasn't valid. And you were so, offensive. And I was offensive. <laughs> so I went around. The, I, I made balloon swastikas going around Zeke Heiling and goose stepping behind him all night long oh my while God. making my circus pony lick, you know, whipped cream off my cock and off my shoes. <laughs> uh, you know, and it was just, it was fucking incredible, but you know what? You're right. The, the, the old days of those incredible f- fetish scenes that they had in Chicago when I first moved here, aren't like it is today at all. No, no. And, and you know, with the political climate, I, I mean, it's almost like too frightening to, you know, cause I used to be able to like dress up and actually go to the fetish parties that we had. I used to dress up, but nowadays it's like, if there was anything, I'd be too afraid to walk on the street because with all the hate um, that you see, it's like, I don't know who, you know, I mean, Chicago might not be the same as like, you know, hanging out in like, I don't know, Texas or something, but you know, these people, there's people out there that their, their whole thing is just to put people down to make themselves look better or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, there's one thing that I can assure you uh, coming up here, we're we're probably going to be moving in the next year or so. We have a leather love seat that was formerly owned by Alexandra Sadista that we can give to you to destroy. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it That's already has somebody. one tiny hole in one right. of the arms, but the rest of it is pristine so that you can take nice. it and you can like, like just knock the fuck out of it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yay. Yeah. Or, you know, another thing that I used to draw, it's hard to do. Uh, I draw pictures of uh, when I'm talking about the leather couch, um, of women taking like chainsaws and cutting the damn thing in half. But I've seen actually someone try to do that, and it doesn't really work because the saw gets stuck. It, things get stuck in it, and it just... Oh, uh, yeah, because it might have metal or something in it, <laughs> or the leather itself might even clog it up. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So does but, that hit all three of your fetishes? So, like, it's the, the dish-breaking, the, the latex-made outfit, and what else? I've also noticed that you wear gas masks a lot. Yeah, gas masks. Well, um, the gas mask... Uh, it serves two purposes. I mean, I do a little bit of the breathing. Um, what do we call it? The breath, breath play, a little bit of breath play. Um, I don't do it as much as I used to because of the smoking. And if I do it, it's with someone else. So I don't suffocate or anything, but I do play a little bit with that. It started because when I was in the military, I couldn't put on the gas mask because I would freak out. I used to get really claustrophobic. So I bought the gas mask, the Israeli gas mask and practiced and I like the smell of the rubber and everything. And I started, you know, toying around with uh, breath play. And it's a, uh, it's that's a lot of fun as well. But the mask also serves as protective gear. So if a plate breaks when I'm throwing it against the wall, smart, it, it, it'll just bounce right off there. Mm. And you know, and it, and it conceals your identity basically. Right. So it it's got multiple uses, but it it it's sexy too. I I just think it's you know really cool yeah now have you had mishaps where you've been breaking plates and maybe you i don't know either you know step on some glass or get some glass shards and you or like rip your rubber have there been accidental like shit didn't want that to happen moments believe it or not the only thing that's ever hard to do is when you're walking around in thigh high boots like platform seven inch heels you got to be really be careful with walking around with the broken dishes on the floor because you step on it, you're, you're going down. <gasps> so I've only fallen once, but because I was next to the leather couch that I was standing on, I fell onto the couch. <laughs> so I didn't fall on the floor. And your heels right. didn't poke through the couch though when you fell, right? No. no, no. <laughs> 
which would have been sad, but also kind of yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there, there's the um, uh, once uh, when I was younger in my 20s, my, my parents went out of town. I went on a plate breaking spree and um, I damaged the floor. They, we had a wood grain. We had a wood floor uh, stained. And I didn't think, you know, and I just went to town. I went one after the other. I smashed them on the on the floor right in the same spot, and it scratched <gasps> up everything. But they didn't notice it. I mean, I went and bought, like, stain. I, I cleaned it up as much as I could. But they never said anything or noticed. Wow. Um, and, you know, we had, like, well, we had, like, stacks of plates, too, that we got from, like, restaurants. And this one China company went out of business. So they wouldn't really know if there was any missing because we had so many. There were so many dishes. So like my mom would come home and she wouldn't notice that they were gone. <laughs> but every now and then, I you know when I was you know when I was younger, I used to steal a couple plates, go to the garage and just smash them on the ground and then clean it up later. And they oh, never found the- shards or anything. Like I know how sometimes in my house where I'm like walking and I step on a piece of glass, I'm like, where did this come from? It must have been something I broke from a long time ago. Like, does that ha- did that happen in your house? Yeah, they found shards in the garage, but it, I was so good with cleaning it up that they uh, barely found any. Like, what I would do is um, I used a backdrop. I used a tarp. So when the plates break, the pieces fly across the room on across the floor. So it, it would catch on the tarp. It would fly at the tarp and then fall down to the ground. So most of the pieces never got that far. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was a, a few shards here and there that they'd find. And they're like, oh, I wonder how this got here. And they never thought much of it. How do you do this at a dungeon? So if you're going to a dungeon party, is there a way to do this in a controlled environment? Because like I can imagine a lot of doms yelling at you and like, no, you can't do that. It'll get in the corners of the dungeon. You know, we need to keep it pristine. But are you able to do, like utilize your fetish in a dungeon setting? Well, most of the time I had to do I had to do it either in a garage or like a basement with cement walls. The last place I lived that had the perfect setup for it because, uh, you know, concrete floors and you can just throw plates at the walls all day but a dungeon might be a harder um i did a photo shoot in a dungeon and i all i did was take broken plates and i put the pieces on the floor to look like it i broke it so when you take a still picture it looks like i smashed it so there'd be like a before picture of me holding the plate up in the air and then an after picture of it broken on the floor, but we didn't actually break the plate because, you know, I, I don't want to do any damage to the floor or anything like that at the dungeon. But, um, if, uh, if we make arrangements to go to a place where we can just like, like a studio or something where you can throw plates at a, a concrete wall or something, that, I mean, that would be cool too. I mean, if I was, if I was wealthy, I would just have, um, a room designed strictly just for, breaking shit so. Ooh, like like i and i hate the analogy but like christian gray has the red room like rubber dragon uh, has the china room yeah that would be awesome um, <laughs> oh you know i almost forgot to tell you about the other outfit that i have i have a rubber inflatable bull outfit um that i had custom made and part of that was i always fantasized of being a big giant rubber bull in a, in a china, china shop. shop oh my goodness yeah, i strange. love this yes <laughs> Yeah, if you look on, if you actually look on my fetish artwork, there is pictures of the drawing, and um, uh, a guy liked it so much that he designed the outfit for me. <gasps> that is amazing. That's really cool. That is really cool. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm excited now. Now, is there a place for us to view any of your artwork or safely put it together so that we can put this in the show notes somewhere? 
Sure, it's on um, uh, DeviantArt. It, it is Blue Dragon nineteen or yeah, Blue Dragon nineteen seventy four dot DeviantArt dot com. Cool, perfect, and that yeah. way you can display some of your art, and they can see some of the other stuff that you have there. Now, I I have one last question. When you when people look at or people hear the traditional definition of a fetish, what that is is a fetish is something that turns you on sexually that you need to have all, pretty much all the time to get sexually aroused. So, like, let's say it's a Tuesday night, you just got home from work, and you're going to jerk off a little bit before bed. Does that involve you visualizing dishes? Like, do you need this every time you get aroused, or is it a sometimes thing? It is the fastest way for me to get aroused. It is like, if I, if, let's just say I just want to get, you know, I just want to bust a nut in 30 seconds. That will push me over the edge the quickest. Wow. And, and, you know, I got a good imagination. So I always think of like scenarios. Um, I think of like, um, you know, women dancing on leather furniture and throwing plates all like crazy, you know, with some music in the background or something. You know, just anything that, anything that just, any, any creative idea come up that day. Or if I see a woman I like who was wearing a nice outfit, I picture her just dropping plates casually on the floor and smiling or something like that. Um, I, or, or I'll find plates being broken in scenes and movies or whatever and like loop it over and over and over again so I can hear the, the plates crashing. Oh. There, there's a lot on YouTube. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Before every, before everyone else got mad at Logan Paul, I was mad at him already because he stole my plate thing. What? Yeah, he, he did, um, he, he has a whole bunch of videos where he's throwing dishes around, stuff like that. But he, I mean, he's like, he's doing like that. He's being a douchebag, basically. Right. But he's got a bunch of videos and I'm just like, God, this guy stole my thing. This is my thing. And this guy, you know, took it so i was already mad at him way before the um the other incident that took place. <laughs> and you were like i knew this guy was a jerk all along <laughs> yeah yeah and um like yeah like he would just like smash plates and this and and then like at the end of this one video i remember i liked this one part because then his girlfriend started breaking it and she's like you know she's normally like annoyed by his behavior but in the end she's like she started breaking him too it's like okay but yeah, I, you know, he stole my thing. It was mine. <laughs> nice. Well, not I nice, was... but, you know, he turned out to be a jerk, so it worked out in your favor yeah. in the end. So, right, ha right, right. dish karma, Logan Ooh. Paul, you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> well this has been absolutely fascinating and you know i don't have a dishes fetish at all but one of the things that i really love is like when when i know that someone is generally really into their fetish like it, it gets me excited and when you told me about the bull in the china shop that was my moment of like oh yeah oh yeah so i'm gonna be going looking for that artwork because that sounds absolutely amazing and i want to thank you so much rubber dragon this was really a, a really insightful conversation and i think it's it's interesting for our listeners especially those listeners out there and i know there are some that have their own fetishes that are like i'm the biggest weirdo in the world right now and you're not weirdo you're right. you're unique and it, that's really all it right is. we're like, all weirdos in our own way so the people listening that are like oh like when you found that fetish sheet and you're like i'm okay and everything's great like this might be that <laughs> moment for some people listening and you so know I there's you the whole that. rule 34 thing where it comes down to if you can masturbate to it there's probably porn for it somewhere and with there being oh, yeah. so many custom videos made these days mm -hmm. there is absolutely going to be more and more porn that's going to be something to your liking so again rubber dragon thank you so much for being on the podcast today oh it's been a pleasure thanks thanks for having me thank you bye bye, -bye. 
Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.